Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome once again to Common Sense Uncensored. And if you want to listen live, you can go to gfbestsource.com. Click listen now. And the chat, click the Twitch link in the upper left corner. We're also out there on Rumble, so y'all can talk to us. I'll try to keep my eye on the chat board. Today we're going to be discussing education that there are options besides public education, and I have with me Dr. Jean Gullix in the house again. Jean, how you been? I've been well, thank you. Very busy. Yeah, I know you have. You're, you're, you, you do everything, and I'm, I'm very amazed that you've taken this on. This is a, uh, a new school that we're going to be talking about today that Jean has decided to... Uh, throw herself into the maelstrom and, and help bring into fruition in Grand Forks. And we're hoping that we can maybe get information out there and other people will want to do the same thing in their cities. And that'll be able to be an umbrella underneath this that's, that is uh, something to help us move forward with our children. And I know whenever there's something that goes on in education, the thing that's, well, it's for the children. And I understand that, but the problem is, is that phrase is getting very hackneyed. It, it is becoming worthless, in my opinion, because it's being used to actually the detriment of children. And before I turn this over to Jean, uh, I've been working with this quote from Mark Twain, and it seems to have really resonated with me. It's, Mark Twain goes, in the first place, God made idiots. This was for practice. He then made school boards. And I'm sure that there's a bunch of people out there that can understand the humor and the irony in what <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mark Twain was saying even back then. So things have not, in, have not improved a whole lot. In fact, they've gotten worse. So, Jean, can you tell me a little bit of how you started upon this journey to get into this education realm where our kids will actually learn something? This was definitely a God thing. Um, we have prayer group at our house, and I was praying and didn't audibly hear God, but all of a sudden I stopped and I told everybody, listen, this is what I just came up with. We have to wrap around the parents. We have to protect them as well as the children instead of telling them, you need to do this, you need to do that. They, they can't do that on their own. And so we decided, this small group, that we would look into alternative education and Probably uh, a lot of the parents would like to homeschool, but they can't. For some reason, they don't feel that they can. Um, and there are good support for homeschool. So we decided, um, well, the next day I actually was talking to a counselor, and she said, have you talked to Amos Tarfa in Minnesota, in Moorhead? He lives in Fargo. He has started Life STEM Academy very successfully. He went from... Uh, eight students in the fall to 75 by December of this year. Excellent. And is still growing. And it's a hybrid school, and so we didn't have to reinvent the wheel. He was very excited to, to take us on, um, sharing the STEM curriculum with biblical principles. Um, there are children that will be welcome from any faith. We're offering um, science, math, English, and a lot of extracurriculars, depending on the volunteers and the teachers that are coming forward. Now, I'm going to bring up God one more time, because you are, you're making arrangements, you're trying to find places that you can meet that's 
aren't expensive and things, so you can keep costs down. And you called someone last night. We were talking. You called. You made a phone call to a pastor to check on your ability to, to, to be in his church for your school. And what happened with that? Yes, I did. I called uh, Pastor Tom, I thought, at uh, one of the churches in town, and this man said yes, and we talked a little bit, and he said, I'm not sure what you're talking about. And he said, I'm in Eagle River, Alaska. <laughs> a little bit of a commute. <laughs> I actually have been to his church because my son lives near Eagle River, but I didn't have his phone number in my phone at all. Anyway, he said, what school are you talking about? And he is starting something similar. And they're working on the curriculum and not sure what to do. And so I'm sending him curriculum. And he said, this is a divine phone call. And was it ever? I cannot find his number, but I have his email. So all over the country, schools are starting. Well, you know, the problem is, is parents are starting to understand that the grades that they bring home, your children bring home, are not necessarily adequate description of what they're learning. That the bar has been set so low for accomplishment that a kid that's bringing home great grades does not necessarily have competency in the topic. And they're discovering that there's a lot of other priorities in uh, in education right now. In fact, it just passed the House, but it's probably going to die in the Senate, and that is uh, the Parent Bill of Rights. It passed by a 2013 to 28, two, 2013 to 208 vote. Now, these were things that surprised me, and this is the reason I think your school is so important, because the fact is, is that this is some of the things, people, that this law would have required schools to do. It would have required schools to publish their curricula publicly, mandate that parents be allowed to meet with their children's teachers, and make schools give them information uh, about when violence occurs on school grounds. It would also let parents receive a list of books and reading materials that are accessible at the school library, give parents a say when schools are crafting or updating their policies and procedures for student privacy. This, to me, doesn't seem like we should be needing re legislation or that this would even be a question in our public schools, but it is. And I want to stress that this doesn't mean that the government wants to get involved in the curricula. All this was saying was we want transparency, and it's probably not going to pass the Senate. And this, this people is why what, what these folks are doing is so important. Because if, if your schools aren't, aren't, doing that. aren't doing this, we got a problem. Yep, yep. And I don't know what school, but there was a kindergarten, a parent of a kindergartner just recently who asked the school board for the curriculum for kindergarten. And they didn't give it to her, so she submitted the FOIA report, and she still didn't get it. And so she asked again, and she was arrested for asking for kindergarten curriculum. Well, and, and more and more school boards are, are limiting what you can say, when you can say it, how you can say it. And from what I've seen when I'm watching a lot of school board meetings, basically they're sitting there with their watch. Yep. They're more int intent on making sure you don't go over your three minutes than in actually listening to what you have to say and attempting to engage you. 
So when someone looks at me and tells me it's for the children, I'm beginning to become a little jaded because everything that I'm seeing that seems to be coming over the transom with public education isn't about the children. It's about the politics. It's about the agenda. It's about how we can mess with your child. And when the Pentagon doctors just came out and claimed that seven-year-olds can make the decision to be injected with hormones and puberty suppressants because they are capable of medical decision-making, I have to understand that we have reached a cusp, a crisis, a dilemma of where homeschooling or doing the hybrid school, such as you're planning to introduce, is no longer a gee whiz, can we afford it? It's a we have to do it. We have to, and the schools have recently been given $24,000, and it's not being used for curriculum. The achievement scores are way down. Like proficiency in reading and math is under 35%, and that's not proficient No, in any, in any way. And readers, if you don't read, you can't continue on. You can't become leaders. You don't know what's going on. You don't develop critical thinking skills. Same with math. If you can't add and subtract, you don't go on to the next step. And these are, reading, writing, and math are not being taught, and history's not being taught. Well, you know, if you have a stupid populace that can't read, can't do math, and doesn't understand history, they're very easy to control because they're basically drones in the beehive. They have no other purpose other than to work and follow their agenda. They're born, they work, they die. They're born, they work, they die. And you'll forgive me, people. I know you will oftentimes think I'm wearing a tin hat, but I see what is coming down to me to be genetically and intellectually structured that this is what they have planned for society, and our schools are feeding into it. Right. And one of the things with the Lifestem Academy that Amos has set up and already has students um, progressing is that if they follow the STEM pro- program, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, but, of course, there's English, there's reading, there's sure. history. These kids can actually graduate from high school with more than 30 college credits. Well, that's a huge discount on college yes. tuition, if you will. But they get to go at their own speed. They're encouraged to advance. They're encouraged to study during the summer. There's no reason to take three months off from learning. Um, and so it's been very successful. He has some students that are 14 and 15 that already have nine college credits because they're being taught to excel and to love learning, not just to get a good grade. Well, and that's, that's what it's all about. As a 20-year teacher, I used to tell the students, if you're not excited about it, maybe the program's not for you, because you need to find something that excites you, that, mm-hmm. that makes you want to get out of bed. Because if the only reason you're going to get out of bed is for a paycheck, pretty soon that's not going to be enough. I know when you don't have any money, that doesn't seem logical. But soon, yeah. very soon, you're going to want to have something that excites you. Uh, the other thing I also told them was, I, you never stop learning. I'm still learning. Right. And... They need these skills to be embedded. And this school sounds to me... Now, how many hours a, in a week? Uh, how do, what's, the, what's the program set up like? So it's set up for, say, Monday, Thursday, mm-hmm. would be one cohort of students. And they would go f- from 8.30 to 2.30 with lunch break. And then on Wednesdays, they would have extracurriculars. There's another cohort that would go from Tuesdays and Fridays. So they can take... Some of them will take one or two classes. Most of them will stay for the day and get um, the courses they need, and that includes um, chapel time. That includes reading, writing, English. And sometimes 
I just taught an eighth grade class down in Moorhead for him. There were, I think, eight students in there. We had 45 minutes to do heart and lungs. So I got the blood pressure cuffs out. I got the vital signs done, had a good time listening to each other's lungs. So you have a lot of freedom in how you're going to introduce things to the kids. And they can advance in that area, or they can advance in a different area. Now, are the ages mixed? Uh, are, are, can there be some younger ones? Because you said it's kind of a learn-as-you-go, so there might be some younger mixed with some older. I would also assume that there might be some teaching with each other as far, because one of the best things that I ex- mm-hmm. exhibited in the classroom was when I, the kids were in groups, that they learned a lot from each other, yeah. as well as me standing up there pontificating, which I hated to do anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely, and there are, there are there's basically, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second through third, but uh, let's say a sixth grade student is in pre-algebra, they can go to the pre-algebra class. Sure. It's not grade bound. Right. And the students help each other. They have, they have free time. They have um, some of the extracurriculars are foreign languages, chess club, because chess really teaches you how to think oh, in Lord. different ways. Um, Do you have debate? Because I'm an old debater. I think they they we we want to you know and a lot of what we want to offer will depend on who the volunteers are that come forward. Well, I'll volunteer for debate. There you go. I, I I tell you what, I love I love watching young people learn to argue factually versus emotionally yep. because it's very hard for them to do because the, the first thing is always to go to emotion. I'm going, yeah, I I love how you feel, but you got to hit facts? me with the facts. So yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. It, you know, the, the purpose is to provide a safe environment. That's the first thing we thought of. But the academic excellence has to be there. And so we want students to become lifelong learners who learn what gifts they have and learn how to flourish with those gifts and hopefully um, follow the five C's. And the five C's are Christ-exalted, content-mastered, not just for grades, community-built, love one another, um, Culture transform. Go out and transform your communities, your culture, wherever they go as they get older. And character development. So we'll give them some hands-on experience, some shadow careers. Um, We're hoping to be able to do some three-day summer camps, maybe three or four of them during the summer. Usually it's science and math that the parents struggle most with. Um, Like my husband's a civil engineer, and he'll do bridge building with toothpicks and they'll have to know strength and tensile and all those kinds of things. And it's fun. It is. It's, it, it's fun. And, and making learning fun is the key. I'm going to take a real quick break here for Oh Heaven's Cakes and let you know that there's nothing better than treating yourself to some good homemade baked goods. Yes, folks, I do eat those as well. And that's where Oh for Heaven's Cakes comes in. The best cupcakes and cakes for special occasions or even just a treat. They make incredible specialty items by order, or you can just walk in to find out more. While you're there, enjoy homemade lunch and soup with keto, gluten-free, vegan, and diabetic options. And if you're a business owner and you want to treat your employees, check out their monthly employee discounts. Oh, for heaven's cakes on the north back side of the Grand City Mall. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 4 and Saturdays from 9 to noon. Call 701-757-CAKE. That's 701-757-2253. Or go to forheavenscakes at yahoo.com and there are beautiful, beautiful cupcakes and muffins there and it's in the Grand Cities Mall and if you are looking for a cake job for Oh Heavens Cakes are hiring! So 
I have to tell you, I love me a good cupcake. All right, now we've we've covered the munchie section of the uh, of the event. So, what more can you tell me about the curriculum and some of the other lifetime goals? Because you said character development, and I find that to be incredibly important. Oh yeah, you know, kids kids can get information these days. Everybody can get information, but what what they need is inspiration and a vision. What what do they want to be? What do they love? How do they um, use those gifts? And character development comes with sharing within the classroom. It comes with teaching them manners. It comes with uh, not running in the hall. If you're told not to run in the hall, there's all sorts of ways to develop character. And a lot of kids get it at home, but many don't. And so to transform character, you have to be working with where they're at but teach them where they need to go because this is a, we live in communities we live in society and no matter what the news says laws and regulations are there for a reason well and to be honest laws don't apply if good character <laughs> what i mean by that is if if you have good character development laws are a lot less necessary because you right. don't do something because it's just wrong you know right. it's wrong so you do, you don't steal you don't hit somebody that type of thing and so if you have a good strong background like that then you you have a less chance of going astray you also mentioned i think last time you were here that the kids will be assigned chores yeah yep they are already. I've been down to Moorhead several times because it's just amazing to see what's going on there. You know, um, they pick up, they throw the garbage away, they empty the garbage, they take care of the fish, they, they sweep the floor, they clean up their tables after they have lunch. Um, and if they don't, the other kids aren't heckling them. They're coming over to help because they know it has to be done. Right. And so that's new. A lot of kids, you know, I'm a counselor and it's unbelievable how many children don't do chores. So they don't even know the self-satisfaction of doing a job. The key is personal responsibility. Yep. And we aren't teaching that anymore. We're teaching that everything is taken care of for you. And quite frankly, we're getting uh, back what we, we, we reap what we sow. We've got a bunch of self-indulgent little yep. idiots who are standing around wanting everyone to do everything for them. And and the other thing that I, I really like about this, this premise is the fact that you take a lot better care of stuff if you know you're the next one to clean it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you take, you, you take better care of stuff if you know that it's a community thing. And, yeah. and we need to be more caring. It, it takes a few seconds to care about someone. Yeah. And, and we aren't teaching that anymore. And I have seen when I've been at the school there, older kids taking kindergarten or first graders and showing them where the classroom is or volunteering to take them to the bathroom or things like that. So there is a mix of ages in some classes. Yep. You know, they have a chapel time where the kids can volunteer to play the piano or sing or show their talents or whatever they have. And people are very encouraging, and the children are very encouraging of each other. But nonetheless, in the school system... The suicide attempts and the suicide thinking is so high. I had three new patients in, oh, no. in two weeks, and all three of them came because they had attempted suicide. Two of them were not serious, but yes, they are. If you attempt, it's a cry for help. Yes, it is. And so we need to take care of them emotionally, socially, spiritually, physically. They are lost little souls. And to get them in a safe environment where they can trust what they're being told is the truth where it's based in, in conservative Christian principles 
is going to give them the hope that they don't have right now. You know, the sad thing about this is um, there was just another school shooting uh, right before we came on the air here, and the 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 suicide and the and the and the non caring of, of for life is is appalling to me, and the fact that these these youngsters are feeling that there's no reason to go on and they're 8, 10, 12, 16. We're missing the boat big time. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can claim that it's been since COVID, but I know you've seen it a lot longer than that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always been there. It's increased in intensity and frequency since COVID. But I'm not even blaming COVID anymore. I'm blaming the lack of support in the schools and the lack of support at home, and and parents not working, and the work ethic is disappearing. They just did a big national survey asking people what is important to you, and only thirty eight said thirty eight percent said patriotism. Only thirty percent want to have children. Thirty nine percent think religion is important. So all our basic core values down. are going down, 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 and the only thing that increased was the love of money. Uh, and so, you know, well, let's let's look at it this way. When you're being bombarded with shows like the Kardashians, when you uh, are are being taught that the bigger the car, the bigger the gold necklace, when you're being taught all of that is what matters and that you're going to school so that you can achieve that mm-hmm. as opposed to achieve a, a happy career with a happy life. Everything's gotten so skewed and it's starting at younger and younger ages. Yeah, yeah. And they're being exposed to things they should never be exposed to. You know, pornography is a big, a big topic. And um, the transgender and some of that that's going on in the schools. There's a, in Grand Forks, a first grader asked her daycare provider if she was a girl. And the daycare provider has long hair. She's obviously a female dressed in, in women's clothes. And she said, what do you think I am? She said, well, I think you're a girl. And she said, yes, and so are you. And the little girl said, oh, good, and was happy to know that she was a girl. But why should she why be would, asking those questions? Yeah. Um, well, and now we're battling with, with the books. I know that North Dakota was attempting to pass <clears throat> where you wouldn't have pornography in libraries. And now we have libraries that are actually putting books like Tom Sawyer and, and going through and finding any book where there's a, a a passionate kiss or something and putting them up front saying this book is now banned because of the legislation. Yeah. I mean, we've gone completely into, into, into la la land because we're attempting to make a, a dramatic point that this cannot be allowed to go on because these are the classics that are going, I mean, this is, this is where common sense has yeah. completely gone. It, gone. It, it was put forth because there were, illustrative, photographic, line drawings, whatever, books in the children's section of men and men having sex, of women and men having sex, of you name it. And it's proven in research through the decades, and even more so now because it's more prevalent, they've been able to track it. The younger a child is when they're exposed to pornography, which is even line drawings. I'm not talking about how does your body grow. Right. You know, the more addicted they are. So... Pornography addiction is actually different and worse than drug addiction because it hits that center of 
uh, pleasure. The hippocampus. and The dopamine, yep, yep. all of that. And so these young kids are at very high risk for pornography. So I was watching, um, one of the pastors was on a beach and he was talking to kids and, and asked them, when's the last time you saw pornography? And every single kid, and these were like 18 to 25-year-olds, had an answer within the week it was. Every single one of them. Not one of them said, no, I don't. That's crazy. And it's going to get worse. Well, I don't understand. You know, when we're talking line drawing pornography and, and sexual depiction, how somebody can, can bring out the book Captain Underpants and Tom Sawyer and go, well, now we'll never be able to have these in the children's. I mean, come on. No. You've, you've, you know, if you're going to frame an argument, this is the debater in me, at least frame one that's logical for yeah. Lord's sake. Don't do this. This nanner nanner. No, no, I'm not going to have time telling you. This is just insanity yeah. that they yeah. that they go to this extreme. Yeah, they they weren't talking about romance novels or some of that. They're not in the children's section anyway. The books that are in the children's section that children have access to are pornography. They would not be allowed, you know, without a brown wrapper on. I don't even know if they ever had. Playboy and all that in the libraries. I certainly wasn't looking for it, well, so I don't know. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you a good example. Back in the 1970s when I was in high school, they, the librarian wouldn't let the boys have the swimsuit edition yeah. of Sports Illustrated. So there used to be some <laughs> Yeah, there used to be some, some standards. standards. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying. But the damage to the kids, yeah. kids is very real. I mean, it takes a long time for them to answer my questions as a counselor, honestly. And once they do, there's a lot of tears and a lot of crying, and I don't want to do this, and, um, well, but it's so severe. There's a middle school where students, and now this is sixth and seventh graders, people, uh, were asked uh, in, if they'd ever participated in oral sex, at which it gave a graphic explanation of what that was in the survey. They asked about uh, how many sex, sex positions they were familiar with. Again, graphic details and on and on. And this was, dis this was disclosed by a student because she went home and mom goes, well, what did you do today? And she goes, oh, mom, we were really creeped out today. And she went on to do it. So the, the mom went in and, and complained. And they were saying, well, it's a youth risk behavior survey. And it was provided to sixth and seventh grade children. And if you don't want to know what your children are doing, we, I mean, again, yeah, with the same logic, the with the same logic behind the pornography. And so if you think your child is not having some, something like this come to them, because it's not in the curriculum, let me tell you, there are youth risk behavior surveys in the Grand Fork schools too, ladies and yeah. gentlemen, just so you know, they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I was at a basketball game, and the refs went out at halftime. They came running back in, and they said, the, the girls and boys are all changing in the same locker room. Well, in the past, when teams traveled, they sometimes had to share a locker room, but the girls shared the girls' locker room. Uh, yeah. And they had an adult in there supervising. There was no adult in there. And an eighth-grade student sitting next to me said, oh, don't worry. It's not about gender. <laughs> 
<laughs> Since when do eighth graders? Well, uh, in my locker room, this 67-year-old woman will tell you, the heck it isn't, because, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but if... If I happen to walk out of the shower and someone's there and the gender is not correct, we're going to have a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's yeah. I am I am not simply going to ignore it and just stroll by and say, "Oh, pff, gender doesn't matter." Yeah. And the fact that a, an eighth grader is is having to cope with this and is being, "Oh, well, gender doesn't matter." That that scares me. Yeah, it's very scary. You know, and I just read that 55% of the teachers nationwide want to quit or are quitting. I believe it. And those are the teachers we probably want in the school. And they're quitting because of behavior. They, they're not allowed to touch the students or say anything negative to them. And so fights break out. Some of the teachers have been hurt. They're being forced to this curriculum in the CRT, which our school board says they're not teaching, but teachers they have... Are. Teachers have stood up and said, here's the curriculum that you mandated us to teach, and here's the orientation we had to go to. So there's a lot of really good teachers, and I hope, you know, these schools like we're starting can draw some of them. Well, I was just going to say, how would someone, if, if they are a teacher who, like me, still wants to teach, still has that teaching vibe, but is tired of the administration of all of the in-services. We once spent 45 minutes discussing pronouns at an in-service. That's 45 minutes of my life I'll never get back. I mean, it's just nuts. Yeah. What yeah. can we do? Well, <clears throat> we're, look, we're looking for volunteers. And some of our volunteers are teachers. We've got engineers. We've got retired professors. We have community people. And having a teacher would be an accredited teacher would be a wonderful thing um so they can go to life stem academy grand forks on the facebook page and they can see contact information and we want them you know and teachers they're stuck with this what i understand is they're stuck because of the teachers union and the nea requirements the national education association requirements and they are like anyone else probably needing to work, wanting to work, and if they buck the system, they're fired almost immediately. So one teacher was fired because he said something inappropriate, which was using the kid's former name, and the kid didn't want it anymore, and so the teacher was fired. Well, how are we supposed to know as adults who's being called what? Well, and kids change their mind every 15 seconds. yeah. Well, let me do this really quick. Let's do a produced ad for Executive Properties, and then we're going to get back because I want to know more about your school because I think it's really important that people know what's going on. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Okay. Well, the the thing I want to make sure everybody knows is that this is a this is a Grand Forks school and campus, and it's associated mm-hmm. with a, a Moorhead, Minnesota school and campus. But that for my listeners out in, in the west side of the state and everything else, and whoever's listening, this can work for you as well. 
they're more than willing to help you get something like this going in your area. So everything we're talking about today is relevant, not just the bad things that are happening, but the good things that, mm-hmm. that are coming forth from this, this new school. Can you tell me a little bit about the, the founder? Because I, I remember okay. we talked before, and I thought it was incredible that a gentleman from Nigeria would come to the United States and tell us our education system was broken. Because I was like, whoa, because that's completely against what we've been taught. And when he he teaches, he teaches similar to what they did in Nigeria, where you learn it to learn it, and you advance once you've learned it. And and he was appalled when he came here that at the level of reading and math and science that the students had. And so... um, my understanding is in Nigeria, it's more, it's kind of like a one room schoolhouse, but yes. they have different, they do have some separation of grades, but it's very rigorous. And if we look at where does the United States stand in countries in the world, I've, I saw 14th place. Um, I don't know who did that study, but the rank, we've dropped and dropped and dropped. We've been you know? dropping consistently yeah. for quite some time because I've been watching it. And it's an educational system that grades country versus country. And we're getting our butts kicked. Yeah, and, and in Nigeria and other countries that I've been to, um, they go long days, mm-hmm. eight to nine hours without breaks between everything. They do a lot of memorizing. They do a lot of um, research, um, debate, discussions, class discussions, and most of the kids in his class went on to college. And um, he came here and decided something has to change. And he, he's a father of seven, and um, his oldest and his second child are old enough to be at school, and so they're in the program. And he teaches his kids and the other kids to have a vision. So his seven-year-old wants to be a pilot. He wants to go to UND. He wants to see the aviation program. So we're going to take him on a field trip. We're going to set up a field cool. trip for them. So his, his focus is we have to inspire them to learn the truth. We have to inspire them to know why they're learning and what they want to learn and um, encourage them to go forward. He is a very strong believer of not having three months off in the summer. But if you want to, you can. It's flexible, but he also, well, I have a good example here. Um, For example, this is about reading, and it's, why can't I skip 20 minutes of reading tonight? Well, the kids that read 20 minutes each day, they end up learning 1,800,000 words in a year or being in contact with. The kids that read five minutes, 282,000 words. And the kids that read one minute, 8,000 words. So who are the leaders? Who's going to advance? Who's going to know what's going on? And so it's the same with math and science. Well, and, and we, have, we have students these days that are living lives with emojis. And the, the, the written word has taken on less and less value. We're no longer teaching cursive. We're doing this and we're doing that. And it's not about whether, whether or not it's old-fashioned, which is the thing I keep getting getting jammed yeah. down my throat when I when I complain about the fact that the students aren't learning things. It's about the fact that if you have a mastery over the basics, mm-hmm. then the rest of the stuff is easy, but you need to learn the basics, whether you think they're important or not. But if you have a teacher that can show you why it's important, it's yeah. even better. Yeah. And some of those things like cursive writing helps develop visual skills. It develops directionality. It develops uh, advanced reading skills. That's cursive writing, mm-hmm. to say nothing of what it does for fine motor skills. So the brains 
on technology are not interacting with the other areas of the brain. The connections are not being made, the, nervous, the nerve connections. And so many things that are missing, like riding their bikes, that helps reading. Bouncing on a pogo stick, that, that's balance. Balance beams, that all helps reading and writing. And so it's no wonder some of this is really going by the wayside because a lot of kids don't even keyboard. They just, they yep. just pick. Um, or or they, they're stuck playing the games. The games, They're yeah. sitting in a chair, um, and they'll say they're communicating with someone, but, but they're not. That, that someone isn't even real. They're, they're a virtual person or a person that's, that's yeah. miles away. We're losing all contact. Yeah, and that's the problem is it, it can't take the place of socialization. You know, a text message is misread, misunderstood so often because yes. you don't see the nonverbals. You don't know what the person's saying, if they're upset or not. There is a place. There's definitely a place for technology. Um, for example, my son's a surgeon, and be- before some very dicey operations, he does a little robotic um, game playing to get the flexibility, get the fine motor skills going, and it helps, and that's <laughs> been proven to help. Um, but when you are gaming and on social media more than you're conversing, more than you're having conversations with people, and don't even get me started about restaurants. You know, a, a baby in a high chair had a phone, was crying. Mom was on the phone. He threw Dad's phone on the floor. He didn't get the attention he needed. They should be socializing, teaching him words, teaching him anything that's anything. going on. What color the cup Interaction. is? Interaction. Yeah. And, you know, my grandsons were ordering for themselves off a menu when they were four years old. You know, if you want it, then you have to ask for it. Yeah. You know, and they're not learning. Um, so back to the basics yep. is not old-fashioned. Yep. It, it's necessary. And part of the reason for the anxiety and the depression is this lack of communication. And everyone thinks they have friends. But when they don't get the number of likes that they want, they're down in the dumps. Um, they can get bullied 24-7 now. Instead, when we were kids, we would go home to mom or whatever, and the bullies probably didn't follow us home. If they did, then somebody intervened. Um, but it wasn't at 12 at night when you're trying to fall asleep that the bully was with you in your bed, you know, on your phone. Well, it just seems to me so important that this school is available and that more and more people need to understand the fact that there are options. Because I've talked to a lot of people that said, well, my child's in public school. I don't really want it in public school. Uh, I don't think I can afford private school, and I certainly can't homeschool, so I guess I'm stuck. And I keep trying to tell them, you're only stuck if you want to be. There's mm-hmm. got to be some solutions, and you're the yeah. one that I really found is, has got uh, some very advantageous, advantageous uh, options to, to just every ordinary people. Right, and if, if you think you can't afford it, talk to us, because there's different ways we're... Um we're getting donations for scholarships. We also have it set up so that if you volunteer a certain number of hours, you get that much decrease in tuition. Um, there's a sliding fee scale that's going to be set up. So there's ways to do it. Amos has some parents that can't afford it, and they volunteer maybe 15 hours a week. Um, some parents are on that sliding fee scale and scholarship because they have to work because they have sure other kids or whatever is going on. So we want everybody to be able to figure out a way with us to get their children into a safe you know, ex- learning experience. Yeah. It just seems to me that, that uh, accepting the fact that nothing will change 
ensures it. Yeah. And yeah. if you really want to do something for the children, this is a start. At least take a look at it. At least contact these people. Do you have contacts at all that, that you can give to me though, so that, so that uh, I know that people can, can at least reach out to you to find more? Because this yeah. is only an hour. Yeah. I don't know. Go ahead. Okay, so you can call me or text me. Text me would be better. Um, should I just give my... Yeah. 218-779-2037 and jean.gullix at gmail. That's easy. Um, you can contact Mary Lynn Dietrich at gmail. Mary Dietrich is a um, senior advisor with me, and her number is 701 701- Seven three nine five three one three. Cool. And the Moorhead Academy, you can call them um, Lifestem Academy. Does Lifestem have Does Lifestem have a um, website? Yeah, Lifestem Academy Grand Forks. Okay, excellent. Because if, if all else fails, this information and stuff is there as well. Correct. Yes, and and go to YouTube and put in Amos Tarfa. Spell the last T A R F as in fish A Amos cool. Tarfa, and you'll pull up videos that he's done of his actual teaching. Awesome! I I can't believe. That. I mean, this is so important. But Paul, what do you got? Oh, bless you, my son. Sorry, I'm uh, totally jumping in on your. No, that's fine. Your show here, so it might go a little bit longer. But when you were talking about this, I I thought it was really interesting. Um, and obviously, I'm a different generation, but uh, you know. Because now I got kids and I got to look at, you know, I, I don't want them necessarily in public school now, especially after the whole COVID nonsense and everything. But I was, as you were talking about this, I was just thinking about, you know, when I was in high school and then when I went off to college and you were talking about, you know, the, uh, the amount of words that you read and, you know, the, mm-hmm. the difference that it makes. Well, you know, so I coasted through high school, basically cheating on every test, you know, (laughs) and then when I got into college, well, then for some reason, you know, they have the, um, the generals, the general eds that you need to take the English, the astronomies and all that stuff in order for you to get your degree. Well, I failed at all those. Like I, I was really good at what I went to college for, which was, you know, for art. Yeah. But I couldn't pass like English, English comp two or English comp one, which should have already been established in high school. Yep. But now coming out of high school and going into college, and then they're making you take that while there wasn't any attention given in high school. So now I have, have like no base. You weren't prepared. Yeah. And, and, you know, so so I wasn't able to get my degree because I never passed my general eds. Yeah. But, you know, if I didn't have those, I would have a master's degree right now in art. Right, right. But the other thing that I thought was funny about it is thinking back on it, I don't remember a lot of time in the classrooms. The thing that I, I, I was thought was funny about this is that in high school, pretty much what I remember was the jungle whenever that bell rang. Yeah, you know, halls. because then the bell rang and then all the kids are all in, all in the hallways, and now all of a sudden it just becomes a zoo where everybody, you know, every kid is out there, and that's where you get the TikTok, the bullying, and all that yep. stuff. And I think it's like, what, you get like 15, 20 minutes between classes? Oh, gosh, no. I think it's 10. 10. 10, ten minutes between classes. Yeah. But that 10 minutes, it's like all these kids, and all of a sudden it's just like, like, like I said, it's like a zoo. Yeah. And then, that, I mean, I just thought it was interesting because that's what I remember out of high school, not the education. Not the I, re- education. I remember the, the zoo that was the bell that yeah. everybody waited for, and then they all went out and... 
Yeah. Well, and that's where I think this school is going to come in handy because it's it's going to there's going to be interrelation. There's going to be there's going to be relationships made. Mm-hmm. And when you teach somebody something, if, when you have cohort teaching, when you have a child teaching another child, it embeds it in both of them. Right. right. And so this is very very important to have this instruction. It, it just seems to me that. We need more of this, and this is a start. Yep. Is, is there a plan still hopefully be able to expand, or, or what are your plans for, for, for the next step? Well, the ideal would be able to expand into a five-day school. Correct. And Amos is already there. So in Moorhead, they're going to start a five-day school Amazing. In, the sp- in, uh, in the fall. And he has a vision. He's, he's incredible visionary. He wants a 1,000 schools all across the United States. And, you know, we got one going in Alaska now. We've got <laughs> one in North Dakota. we got one in Minnesota and probably more. Um, life st- or STEM is a well-known curriculum, science, technology, yep. engineering, and math. And so, yes, let's get the kids to where they're inspired, where they get to use their gifts, where they find out who they are and what they can do instead of doing like what happened to Paul. to Paul, yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul is very correct, and there's a lot of students that that I I hear similar stories from when I when I was teaching. They'd go, you know, high school didn't prepare me for this at all, and I'd go, well, then we've got a little makeup to do because you're you know now you're at at that down one position. Now we need to elevate you. Are you ready for it? You're going to yeah. work, and they go, well, yeah. I go, then here we go. But you shouldn't need that. No, and now the University of North Dakota, as of August 2023 will not be using any standardized testing for admission, that. which just... Slays me. I mean, there is something about standardized testing, yes, but without having any admission criteria? Yep. I mean, we have um, an adopted daughter, and she came from Ethiopia, and she wanted to go to college. We said, you're not ready, but she did anyway, and she failed her standardized test, so she wasn't admitted. She was picked up by Devil's Lake and put in a... I don't know. It didn't work. She wasn't ready. But kids are going to be paying tuition. They're not going to be ready. They won't have the basic skills. They don't even know what they want to do, let alone. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take a take a real nasty. Whoop, I can't even walk a real nasty hit here because, in my opinion, our current school system is nothing about is about nothing more than than the money, uh, and I'm including even at the public school level K through 12, because that's that's what keeps this property tax thing rolling and everything else in there. And we never have enough money, no matter how much we pour into the boat. We never have enough right. money, and I find that it's the same perspective in many of the of the higher education mm-hmm. ones because they're again always asking for more money. They're always raising mm-hmm. their tuition, and it's all about the Benjamins, and by that I mean the dollars. It's not about the students anymore. We've completely lost focus. We've got 15 minutes left. I want to use them. But the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about life vantage. And I want to say, do you take collagen? Have you heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen? Because this collagen not only replenishes your body, but helps your body create its own collagen using natural products, and it maintains it. To find out more about this amazing product, please contact Stephanie Krenelka and Life Vantage. For more information, check out Steph K., dot lifevantage.com or text 701-230-9306 
or you can email skbesthealth at gmail.com and biohack your life with Life Vantage. You can click on the link at gfbestsource.com and go directly to Life Vantage. You don't even need computer skills. Okay, so the, the thing that, that, that bothers me is we've become, we've become a education-slash-money society rather than an education-slash-knowledge society. And when I, when I see schools like Amos is trying to produce and stuff, it gives me heart again to realize that there are people that have not lost the focus that the child and the knowledge will bring the money. Mm-hmm. It's not about the money first and then the child. We've, we've somehow we've, we've right. lost that. Right. And the, they're doing something in the legislature about where does this money go? Can the parents use it for private school? This is not a certified accredited private school. Okay. It's a hybrid school. Um, but why not let the homeschoolers use that money? Because they're paying the taxes and yes. they're not getting anything for it. Why not let us use the money so that we can provide the students you know, with a curriculum or scholarships well, to learn? But I, I've always been under the opinion the money should follow the child. Yeah. Not, not the money shouldn't go to the location and you can send your child there and if you want to do anything different, well, then you need to pay more. No, the money should follow the child. It's, it's the way the process should work. It's not the way it works, but it's the way the process should work. And I think that, that what – I know you charge, you need to charge tuition because you guys have expenses and everything else, but the, I still see behind what you guys are doing as the child is the focus. Right, right. And that's, that's the key here. That's why I'm saying if you think you can't afford it, talk to us anyway because there's ways we can work things out. You know, we're not into – making money at all. We're into getting started and getting curriculum, you know, materials for the students. We're into everybody being in a safe learning environment. Now, there's a lot of issues with getting money from the state if the money follows the child because then are they going to tell us or tell the homeschoolers what they have to do and when they have to do it. So there's been a lot of debate about that. Um, So money is not the answer. I mean, the... I just read that schools, I think, well, it was in North Dakota. I don't know which district got $24,000. But it, a certain part was supposed to go for education, a certain part for this, and a certain part for that. And I know administrators were hired. You know, and, Yes, trust and, me. I, I, I guarantee you administrators were hired. And, I just and guarantee the, you. the academic standards have lowered. Significantly, I mean, if anyone thinks thirty percent or close to thirty percent is it's proficient, they're 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 wrong. That's one in one in three kids that can read well or do math well. Well, and and that's why I want to make sure that everybody understands. If if you're looking at your your child's grade book and going, oh well, my child, because whenever I talk to people about this, I, I always have people that go, well, my child, and I'm like, okay, I, I get it. I I'm not trying to paint everybody with a broad brush. But I also want you to be cognizant of the fact that what was an A to, what's an A today is not what was an A even five, ten years ago. The, the, the drop in curriculum standards and curriculum capacity is ridiculous at the rate yeah. that it's happening. And you, if you're looking completely at the grades that your child are bringing home, you're missing it. Yeah. Yep. Grades really don't mean anything Not anymore. A bit. They haven't for a while. Um, I was professor in nursing and at the med school, and they just keep working until they get the grade they want. Yep. 
no. Um, gosh, I remember being a nursing student. It was hard. It was very hard work. It still is a difficult profession, but they get assistance until they pass. And is that good? Maybe if they're learning it, but if it's just being handed to them, maybe not. But well, the standards are lower. I'd like, to, I'd like to use an example. We were talking about New Americans when I was still teaching, and I was saying, you know, it, it's difficult because we're getting people because of the no requirement when you start a school. I said that aren't they have no concept of the language. They, right. they may speak it, but it's rudimentary. As far as reading it, not so good. Uh, comprehension is not there. And I'm, I'm being asked to teach them. And I, there was a, a nursing uh, instructor that said, well, you have to learn to work with them. And what she did was she had a student whose native language was one thing, but they also had a capacity to understand French. So what she did was she went through and translated all of the PowerPoints and all of the mm-hmm. lecture and everything else into French so that that student could then translate it from French into her native language and and then, of course, did the same thing with the tests and stuff. And she said, yes, it's a little more work for me, but the the, the students get passing. And I said, okay, so now, when they go to work in the hospital, whether it's Alter or wherever, is everything going to be translated for them into French so they can then translate it into their native language? Or are they just going to have to be able to pick up a chart? Are they going to have to be able to talk to a patient? Yeah. And she just looked at me and I said, then... What are you achieving? Yeah. And of course, then of course, the, I'm a racist. I'm a this. I'm. Yeah. A, I'm saying no. I'm a pragmatist. Yeah. I don't want somebody to die. Right. Pardon me. Yeah. It's it. Well, and the whole woke thing on top of that is just it. I mean, they joke about so they need a surgeon, so they're going to hire. Yes, I understand the right intersection of whatever for a surgeon, but he's never done surgery. You know that. That's obscene. Yes. But it's happening. Well, it's happening. When I get on a plane, I doesn't, I, the first thing I say is, is the pilot a person of color or a female? <laughs> I want to know if they can fly the damn plane. Yeah, how much experience? How much experience do they have? I'm not, I'm not going to say, well, I'm not, it's not a female and it's not a person of color, so I'm going to wait for the next plane. No. No. I mean, we have to bring some common sense to this. And this is what I love so much about Amos is Amos himself is a person of color. He don't care. No. This is about children. This is about knowledge. This is about raising good people. Mm-hmm. And we have somehow lost that in this woke craziness of, of making a better society. We have completely deconstructed right. it. Right. And, and he's been called a white supremacist. And he's a very dark Nigerian. <laughs> he's a wonderful man. Um, He's like, what does that mean? Yeah, I know. You know, and I've been called all sorts of things, prejudiced, whatever. Yeah. My daughter's Ethiopian. My grandchildren are Ghana, Ethiopian mix. I mean, we've had Native American kids in our home. We've had disabled kids in our home. There's not a single prejudiced bone in my body, but because I'm white, I am considered... That's that CRT. No. That's that CRT. Yeah, or social emotional learning, as it's called in North Dakota. Just just in case you've missed that, folks, CRT is now social emotional learning. In case they're sliding that one over the transom in your school, and the kids know. Yeah, you know the kids know. And and we were at a soccer game, and one of the Somalian kids, great soccer player, fell, got hurt, and they were trying to tell me who got hurt, and they didn't dare say. He's black. If they had said that, I would have known exactly who they were talking sure. about. But they were afraid to say it. And that's part of who he is. See, we, we've, we've become... 
in part of their thing with PC and everything else, part of what it is is to rule by fear. Because you you don't want to have anybody be angry at you or call you an ism or whatever. So you stop speaking, you stop questioning, you simply sit. And that is the best person to be a drone for the hive. And so that is the the individual that we are are that's how we're doing this and we're doing it as part of the collective which is very scary to me and and i i i the fact that again we need amos to come here and tell us what the hell are you doing yeah and that 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 this has to be the way that that we figure out <laughs> that our children are being damaged just just lays me yeah yeah it's it, it's it's unbelievable what parents and others who have children now don't know. They don't know what's going on. They don't ask the questions. You can't ask a child, how was your day? Because they're going to say, okay. Yeah, you I have understand. To, you have to ask them, was this talked about? Was that talked about? But the parents I see in counseling, they don't know. They don't even understand, why is she depressed? Well, have you looked at her phone? Have you seen the social media? How many likes does she have? You know, all that stuff that's important. Well, she has her phone at bedtime. Well, she's not sleeping. Put the phone away. we got to sleep. we got to eat. We have to have exercise. They've caved. Well, you know, the, the thing that I've learned about people in my existence is they don't like looking at ugly. They don't like, that's why the truth is, is taking such a hit these days because it's, it's ugly. The truth is oftentimes not pretty. Mm-hmm. And it, if you don't want to look at it, it's not happening. I often compare it to the child who's, who, who sleeps with the covers over their head because then the monster won't get yeah. them. Well, that doesn't work if there really is a monster. And in this case, we have one. Uh, so if I'm out in the western part of the state, I can use those contact things. I can go to the website and yep. stuff. And what type of what type of things would you be telling these people so that they might be able to get going in their area, in their in their town or something? If they happen to be in Williston or wherever, yeah, absolutely. Um, get going. You know, have give, give me you a call or or contact call the website. We had information meetings at the beginning. We had volunteer um, sheets for them to fill out. Anyone that was interested in, um, mostly it was volunteers instead of parents initially. Now we're going to have, let's see, what's the date today? The Saturday after Easter at 9 o'clock, we're going to have an information meeting, probably at Greenberg, but you can check with us where, um, for parents to find out what exactly is going on. What are the nuts and bolts? What do we have to do to move forward? So that'll be, what is that Saturday? Um, I think today's the 27th. So it must be the... 15th of April, yeah, tax day, April 15th, nine in the morning. Yeah. And um, it's going to be specific information about the Grand Forks Life STEM Academy and how to get enrolled and how to pull your children out of public school and what you need to do. Good. Um, and what classes you might be interested in because we have a curriculum, you know, reading, writing, math, English, um, logic and debate, history, American history. Um, but there's also tutors that can do Spanish and SEL, sign language and art and different things. And if the students are there that want that, it'll be offered. Awesome. I just think this is such a great concept. I think that it's, it's, it's been too long (laughs) without, with, with everybody accepting the status quo. And I think now is the time 
especially now, because it seems like they're on a roll in public schools, to, to put your foot down and say, I am going to do this for my child. My child is worth it. My grandchild is worth it. Just because you're a parent and you're busy, don't think you can involve you, you know the grandparents. Or something. Mm-hmm. These people want to help you. What would you like to say to the people to, really quick to, to let them know that, that this can be done and, and to promote your school a little bit more? I would say you know what's best for your child, and what's best for them is to be inspired to learn, to want to learn, because um, their future is dependent on what happens in grades K through 12, basically. And they are being exposed to things that children have not been exposed to in the past. And from a mental health perspective, it's traumatic. It's devastating. I mean, I have a six-year-old on medication And I don't want to do that, but we couldn't get him over the hump otherwise. So listen to your kids. Find out what's going on in the schools. These are public schools. You have the right to know what is there and what's being taught. You won't find, I tried to find um, what's really going on because I know what's going on behind, behind closed doors, but all I could get was reading, writing, and math curriculum. Right. You know, so um, don't give up. You're the best advocate for your child. And if you believe in them, and you get them on the right route. And some kids, it might be public school. I don't know. Yeah, you know, absolutely. My grandsons are doing great in public school um, because they're gifted. And they, one of them said, I stay down at this end of the hall, and the others stay at this end of the hall. And they figured out how to, how to do it and how to excel. But call us if you have any questions. If there's anything that's troubling you, then it's probably a real problem. Don't take no for an answer when talking to your school board, when talking to your child's teachers, when talking to their principals or their counselors or anybody else. And if you keep getting no and you don't, trust your gut. Trust your gut. Trust your gut. Absolutely right. Trust your gut. Because that's the one thing that I always told my students was if if you just don't feel right about something, go with that. Don't, Don't psych yourself out. Go with that. Houston, we have a problem in our public schools. Um, we, we've got an answer here with Gene. There's other answers out there as well, but this is at least something that I think you should take a look at. Gene, thank you so much for today. Amos, I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, God bless you, sir. Thank you for, <laughs> for helping us do this. Uh, I'm sorry you had to come all the way to the United States from Nigeria to show us the way, but God works in mysterious ways, dear. Everybody, I would like to tell you very much. So uh, I would like to tell you uh, that we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to us. It's another Monday under the belt. And everybody have a great day. Bye-bye.